0: we just uh, sang these beautiful songs of our expression uh, to you, and they lead so well into this time that we want to spend now talking about hardship, talking about getting back up, being resilient. And we know, God, that there would be no word like resilient if there wasn't hardship, so, Father, today I pray that as we have already reflected and recognized our total dependence on you, that now we could focus it in and really truly understand how this applies into our lives. So use me now, God, and use us here together. Holy Spirit, would you speak? In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're wrapping up this series, Resilience. And if you may remember at the very beginning, we said that the, the bottom line for the series was getting back up when something gets you down. Getting back up when something gets you down. They're all staring at me like, okay, say it. Getting back when something gets you down. Thank you. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, that sounds like something you would say to a child. something you'd say to a young kid, you know, and it's true, you would, because what we've done with this series is we have piggybacked off of what's happening in Sunday school. And so, quite a few months ago, Pastor Andy and I, we sat down and we discussed how can we better combine what is being taught in Sunday school and what is being taught here from the stage. And we recognize, as a church and, and, you know, and as pastors, we recognize the importance of family ministry. And so while Pastor Annie's over there pastoring our children and teaching truth from Scripture, uh, we thought that this series especially would work out really well to combine the two. So parents, I'm sure you already always do this, but we want to really encourage you, especially today as we wrap up the series, that you would have these discussions with your children. Say, hey, here's what we learned in church today, and, and what did you learn in Sunday school, and, and what, did, what were you taught, and, and those kind of things, and so that it doesn't get Uh, Or it isn't as uh, forgotten as easily. Now this little phrase, getting back up when something gets you down, it's pretty easy to say. You know, if I would ask you to do it again, you'd you'd rattle that off without too much difficulty because it's easy to say. But sometimes when you've been knocked down, it's not quite so easy to believe. It's not quite so easy in those moments to, to say, I'm going to get back up. And and we must recognize also, too, that it's one thing to be knocked down physically and getting back up when one is knocked down physically. Now, I recognize that some of us here with age, it gets a little bit more difficult getting back up when we've been knocked down physically. But we're not only looking at those moments in our lives when we've been knocked down physically, we're also looking at other moments in our lives when we are knocked down. See, it's quite different for us to get back up when maybe we've been knocked down emotionally or spiritually. The reality, though, is that every one of us in this room has felt that they've been knocked down at some point in your life. We've all experienced these things, and we've talked about this before, but it's surprising sometimes how you can have a really good day in one minute, and something just comes up, or you get a phone call, or something happens, and you have a completely different experience a moment later. And so these are things that sometimes, you know, we are all susceptible to and, and we can all experience and we are all susceptible to hardship. That's just the truth of it. We can't deny that. There's no such thing as somebody going through life with no difficulties. The other truth is that most often we get down, knocked down, not just by our experiences in life, but we get knocked down by people. Think about the cruelty that's happening in this world right now. It's not from aliens. I'm not saying I believe in aliens. But it's not. It's not some foreign creatures. It's people. People are cruel. You and I, we can be downright cruel at times. And we are sometimes the source of someone getting knocked down. We just need to embrace that. We need to recognize today, not only do we want to pick up When we've been knocked down, but we must stop knocking people down and loving people. There are many things that can knock us down. Disappointment is one of them. I don't know if you've ever really wanted something and you just didn't get it. Maybe you wanted to pass a test and you ended up not passing a test or you wanted to do really well. And those are the kind of moments that you feel disappointed because you didn't get what you want. But then there's these other deeper moments of disappointment. Those are those moments when you gave it all you had. You did your absolute best and you come to this realization that your best is not enough. You cannot do whatever you put your mind to you 've heard that whatever you know you can you can get whatever you put your mind to and you've realized all of a sudden that's not true there are some things that you are limited to those moments can be a deep sense of failure a deep sense of disappointment a deep sense of you know I'm not good enough and you were we're disappointed in ourselves and we we experience these moments of, of failure we experience these moments where where there's just something beyond our control and we have to Deal with the disappointment of failure. That can really knock us down. Another thing that can knock us down is when, you know, we don't have control over something. It could be a range of things. But we just simply have to accept the fact that we don't have control over it as we maybe once did. Or maybe we've never had control of it. One area that we could look at, and that's mental health. Sometimes we find ourselves dealing with depression, or we find ourselves dealing with anxiety, we find ourselves dealing with a wide range of mental health issues, and and no matter how hard you try, this, this keeps coming back up, and you keep struggling with it. It's not something you asked for, it's not something that you have, because you did something, it's just one of these things that you are struggling with over and over again, and it can become really difficult so there's just one, of the, one thing that sometimes we can get knocked down by because we are, because it's beyond our control. We may find ourselves in relationships that are not healthy. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship. And here the person is repeatedly running you down, berating you, possibly also experiencing physical abuse, Emotional abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse, beyond your control. You didn't ask for it. And it can take a toll on you, and it will take a toll on you. And you can find yourself completely knocked down, unaware of how to go forward. And I want to say briefly that if you find yourself in a place like that, you must speak up. There is support. There is help. You do not need to feel that you are stuck and alone. Another area where we may find ourselves sometimes out of control is, you know, when we, when we struggle, like I said, with mental health, and we struggle in these areas deeply. And although society's talking about this more and more, sadly, within the church often, mental health is still treated with a lot of taboo. We think that if we just pray hard enough, if we just are faithful enough, and and, and then somehow we'll be okay. It's weird that we don't take that approach with any other illnesses that we have. You don't say to someone, oh, you have a, a clogged artery. Just pray more and it'll be all fine. Don't go to the doctor. You'd be like, you need to go to the doctor. So these are just some of the things that sometimes can knock us down. Struggling in the area of mental health is not a sign that you are far from God, no more than if you struggle in any other area of our bodies. So we need to pause for a moment and just accept this truth that we have these moments in our lives where we are knocked down, where we must choose to be resilient. It will not just happen with time. It will not just happen on its own. We have these moments in our lives where you are down and you will need to make a decision to get back up. So how do we do that? How do we do that? My prayer is that for today that you will find yourself encouraged, that you, if you are in a place right now where you are struggling in that way, that you would decide today not to give up. That you would recognize today that you can live a full life. That you will determine to get back up regardless of what has knocked you down. So let's look at three verses. We're going to spend almost all of our time today in three verses. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read these one at, at a time. And we're going to dig into these. And so if you have your Bibles with you, today is the most safest time. Because you don't have to flip around a lot. Open it to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Have it open on your lap. If you have your app, you can open it that way. But we want to see from these three verses what has been done for us and what is available for us and how we can use those things to be resilient and to continue moving on. Let me read Hebrews chapter 1 and 12 verses 1. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The first thing I want us to see is that when you feel knocked down, that you are not alone. You are surrounded by a great cloud of of witnesses. We need to make sure that we have an understanding or a proper understanding of what this means. What does it mean here by this great cloud of witnesses? See, sometimes when we think of a witness, we think of someone who's going to, you know, judge us or or correct us or see the wrong that we do. That's not what the writer is saying here. We are not to picture this great cloud of witnesses that are mentioned one chapter earlier. As if they are somehow spectators in an amphitheater watching you run your race. Deciding whether you're fast enough or, or you're too slow or what your, what your struggles are and those kind of things. Cheering or cheering us on. As a matter of fact, we need to look at it this way. It is we, it is it what we see in them, not what they see in us, that the author wants us to notice. So what do we see in this great cloud of witnesses that we are to, to be aware of? That we are not running alone. We have this great cloud of witnesses in our lives. They are witnesses of the truth faith for us because God witnessed to their faith in the pages of the Bible. They demonstrated, these witnesses that we can look at, they demonstrated the nature and the possibility of faith for believers in every generation. We are surrounded by witnesses who have experienced their own seasons of being knocked down and they got back up. So as we run our lives, we can, we can look at these heroes of the faith. And we can see how God was faithful in their lives and knowing that we are not alone. If God did it for them, He will do it for us. Go through the pages of the Bible and you will see how God helped those who were down. He lifted up David when he was in deep despair. We'll see how God was present with Joseph after he was sold into slavery. How God gave Esther strength to do what seemed impossible. How God guided the prophets who so often faced death and imprisonment. The pages of the Bible are filled with examples of God witnessing through those who did not give up who continue to trust in God in the midst of these impossible situations. We must also look to their example for encouragement. We are told to throw off everything that hinders, especially sin that so easily entangles. Any association that hinders us must be removed. What is hindering us maybe today? We need to look at that, and we need to remove that from our lives we can mention many, many things that hinder us. And, and we need to be aware of them in our own lives. We are to run, it says, with perseverance the race marked out for us. And again, this is one of those areas you can, you can look at and say, Oh, you know, I need to persevere. And yes, you do. But I want you to see something else in this verse. You need to also recognize that God has a race marked out for you. Meaning that God has a plan for your life. You're not just on your own. You're not just surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. God himself placed you in this world and he gave you a plan. He gave you his will. So we are to run out this race that God has marked out for us. Let's look at how we do this then. How do we do this? We know now that we're not alone. We know that we have this great cloud of witnesses. So how do we do this? Verse 2. Fixing Our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So ask yourself a simple question today. What are your eyes fixed on right now? What are your eyes fixed on? What what is it that you are focused on most in life? I would conclude... For most of us, if not all of us, that whatever our eyes are fixed on, that's also where we're heading. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but this happened to me a lot when I was a little kid, and I'd be riding my bicycle down the sidewalk, and maybe it still happened now, but riding my bicycle down the sidewalk, and you know that little edge of the sidewalk, the grass, and you stare at that little edge, and all of a sudden, no, am I the only one? This is why you see people hit one tree in the desert. They're focused on the tree and they run into the tree. You see the thing that your eyes on fixed are fixed on that is likely where you are heading. So where or what are your eyes fixed on today? This is something I think it's really important for us to recognize are our eyes fixed on Jesus. Not just today, not just during a hardship, Not just during a season of confusion. But are are our eyes fixed on Jesus daily? Why? Because it says that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now let's look at that word perfecter. The, The book of Hebrews often speaks about perfection. The idea here is not primarily about moral perfection. Rather it is the idea of completion. Through Jesus... People become all they are meant to be. Jesus is the author. He is the foundation. He is the pillar of our faith. He is the one who will bring our faith to completion, to perfection. Therefore, we must fix our eyes on Him in everything, in always. See, when you get knocked down, do not fix your eyes on your hardship. Jesus understands the pain of being knocked down, of being ridiculed, of being mocked, mistreated. Jesus endured the hardship of the cross, but He never lost sight of God. He fixed His eyes on God and on the plan that God had for Him. In your season of hardship, do not fix your eyes on your hardship. See, here on earth, suffering, And our obedience during a time of suffering is part of life, sadly, but it is. It is part of being made complete. So let's not give up during our temporary season of suffering while here on earth. Because one day we will be made complete in Him. Jesus will come back and we will spend eternity with Him in glory. The joy that says here, the joy that that is talking about here, The joy that is written about is because Jesus knew what he was going to accomplish on the cross. The cross was not the mark of defeat, but of absolute and final victory. That's why the writer can say, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because Jesus understood that the victory that was going to come as a result of him going to the cross. Therefore, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. And some translations use the word despising. Jesus despised the cross and all that it meant. Crucifixions were gruesome, horrible deaths. And they included public humiliation. Jesus was ridiculed, he was mocked, he was taunted as being one who was able to save others, but he could not save himself. So think about the statement of that for a moment and the irony of it. The irony here is that in order to save others, he could not save himself. Therefore, never for a minute assumed that Jesus somehow, or that the writer of Hebrews somehow is implying that Jesus enjoyed the humiliation of the cross. He despised the cross. But he went through it because he knew deep down the joy that he had in what the cross would accomplish. The joy in that moment was the full awareness of what was being accomplished for each and every one of us. So you will have times of suffering. You know that. The journey with Jesus is not always easy. Life can be cruel, and at times God may even lead us in places where we would rather He not. And we will want to avoid those moments in our lives. And in those moments, do not assume that you need to enjoy them but you can have joy in them. We may not enjoy times of suffering, but when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we see beyond the moment. We see beyond the hardship. We see beyond what we are experiencing in the now, and we see the future. We see what is to come. We see Jesus, and we see glory, and we see what is waiting for us if we continue in the journey. Jesus went from enduring the cross, scorning its shame, to being seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We have been promised in Scripture that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us and that He is coming back to take each one of us with Him. So folks, do not lose sight of Jesus. What are our eyes fixed on today? Verse 3. The writer says, "Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." The key verse in verse three for this sermon that I want to use is the word "endured." I think this is an important word for us to recognize because there's there's something important about the idea of enduring. Jesus was not defeated on the cross; he was not weakened. He did not come out of, the, out of the whole situation by the skin of his teeth. He didn't come out, you know, barely able to move. He endured. You know the resurrection story. He was in his, he was in his new body. The marks were there, but he was glorified. He endured all that was done to him. All the opposition of sinners, all the weight of our sins, the physical pain and the agony, and yet Jesus endured all of that. He came out completely victorious. The writer of Hebrew tells us now to consider Jesus in our times of opposition, in our times of struggle, when we are knocked down, when we feel knocked down, to consider Jesus because through The power of Jesus, we too will endure. Just as the cross did not defeat Jesus, this world, and our hardships and all that comes with it, our times here on this earth, with our struggles and with our limitations, with our flaws and our weaknesses, with all the division and the different points of views, with sicknesses and even death, they cannot defeat us. We too will endure. Our faith, our future is secured in who Christ is and in what Christ did for us on the cross. Therefore, we will continue to run this race and we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. I think those words should be something that we would say to ourselves on a daily basis. In those moments of hardships, We remind ourselves in those moments, we will not grow weary and we will not lose hearts. Because when you begin to feel weary, you will stop striving. When you begin to lose heart, you will lose motivation. And so the writer says here, for the joy, you know, that Christ endured, he endured the cross because he knew what was to come. And now, because of that, we too can recognize that we can endure the hardships of this life. Therefore, we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. That means, or that may sound like an impossible statement to live up to. And we may find ourselves often wondering if, if that's actually something that we can live out is it actually possible for us to live our lives in this way? To not grow weary when it feels like there are so many things against us. And this is why, again, it's important for us to focus and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. The Apostle Paul says this, and so we're going to go to one other verse. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 10. Paul says, this is why... For Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What kind of faith, what kind of a personal, deep relationship with Jesus is required for someone to say something like this? Would you and I today be able to say that no matter what, for Christ's sake, for the sake of Jesus, I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardship. I delight in persecution. In difficulties. Because I recognize. That even in those moments when I'm weak. It does nothing. To interfere with the strength. That God has. And because I'm a child of God. Even though I am weak. I am strong. So our bottom line for this sermon today. Is keep going. Because of what Jesus did for you. Keep going. Because of what Jesus did for you. What did Jesus do for you? He died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead for you. He is seated at the heavenly, on the heavenly throne for you. He sent the Holy Spirit to fill you. To be with you. To walk with you. To lead you. To counsel you. To comfort you. So if you're in a place of hardship today. I trust that you recognize that this will not be forever, but I trust that you also recognize that in these difficult times, to continue to place your hope and your faith and your eyes upon Jesus. Keep looking to Him. Never lose sight of Him. Again, I feel... Feels inadequate to say that just from the stories that I've heard this week of what some of you are going through. And if you have not enough faith to believe in that right now, can I say that there are many of us in this room who have faith for you. That God will see you through what you're going through. And then if you are in a place where you do not see the possibilities, Jesus still does. There's a long history in Scripture of people who have experienced difficulty like some of you have. Like some of you are. And God will journey with you in those times. Let's pray. God, the hardest thing about this sermon for me this week has been that I don't want to sound just like someone who says things that, that we're supposed to say. But God, what, what has been said today is true. That You are with us and that you help us endure our hardships and that we do not come out of them beaten and bruised, but we do come out of them victorious because of you, Jesus. So I pray for those in this room and, and others who, who are not here. I pray that you would give them strength today. that you would give them eyes to see you in that situation and in that circumstance. We don't anticipate hardships with any kind of joy in mind, but we do know that our season will come. So we pray already in advance now that we would fix our eyes on you, that we would not be distracted. And then, God, we pray and you would give us the strength to endure. Not just by the skin of our teeth, but to truly endure. To come out victorious. Pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Before you go, I just want to say that if you ever, if you need prayer, um, we would love to talk with you and, and encourage you as you continue on this journey. God bless you and have a great day.